This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Next month, Sacred Reich will release their first new album in 23 years, Awakening, via Metal Blade Records. Awakening is a timeless collection comprised of blistering thrash, crushing grooves, killer solos, and socially conscious lyrics that demonstrate a true understanding of everything that matters most in the world today. It also features the return of Dave McLean, who managed a drum throne from 91 to 97, and the addition of 22-year-old Joey Radsville playing guitar alongside original member guitarist Willie Arnett and vocalist bassist Phil Rind are integral facets of the record. Pre-order your copy now at MetalBlade.com slash Sacred Reich. One more time, the new album by Sacred Reich, Awakening. Go to MetalBlade.com slash Sacred Reich today. ACDC's Highway to Hell album just turned 40 years old on July 27th, and as a special surprise, several rare videos will officially be delivered to the band's YouTube channel. Three of the videos are from the band's Plug Me In DVD box of the Dutch TV show Countdown from July 13th, 1979. The videos for Highway to Hell and The Jack are out now, with the third video for Whole Lotta Rosie being released on July 31st. Additionally, a clip featuring an interview with the band discussing the 1979 Highway to Hell era from the Back in Black dual disc released in 2005 will be delivered to the band's YouTube channel. On their sixth studio album and the last featuring lead singer Bon Scott, the Australian group turned up the heat and burned brighter than ever before, spreading their no-bowl rock and roll to a global audience. With more than 8.5 million copies sold around the world, Highway to Hell became the first ACDC album to reach the top 20 of Billboard's album chart, and the title track marked their first appearance on the magazine's Hot 100 survey. It also became the band's third top 20 album in their native Australia, and their first top 10 in England. This show is sponsored by Rockabilia. Need to stock up on some of your favorite band's merch? Go to rockabilia.com and put some on your wish list. They're the one-stop shop for all your band merch needs. Need to buy a gift for someone and know what bands they're into? Pick up something from Rockabilia. You won't be disappointed with the selection, and you can get 10% off with the code PCJabberJaw. So head on over to rockabilia.com and use the promo code PCJabberJaw and save 10% today. It's the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petter Speich, Brandon Hahn, and Jocelyn Sharp. Metal Sucks Podcast. Hello, friends. What is going on? It is good to be here. I am your host, uh, Petter Speich. I am always joined by... My name is Brandon Hahn. You got that? You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Mr. Hahn Comedy. Tell a friend. And... Jocelyn Sharp. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jocelyn Sharp. And you can actually find me in person. <gasps> in person. <sighs> If you're in the Chicago, Illinois area, I'll be performing in Alsip, Illinois at Riddles Comedy Club, August 16th, 8 p.m. Tickets are $15 in advance at joslinsharp.com. Run, tell that. And if you guys want to follow me at Rise to Offend on Facebook and Twitter, Rise to Offend official on Instagram. This week, guys, I got to chat with Mike D from Kill Switch Engage. We're here to promote their new record, Atonement, guys, which is coming out August 16th. So hang in there for my chat with Mike D. You can go buy that album and see Jocelyn Sharp the same day. Same day. Same Perfect Friday. Day. Chicago. Perfect Chicago. Day. We're Pre-order to it today, guys. A fantastic record. I'm, I was lucky enough to hear it. Um, and let's talk about us, I guess, this week. Had some big news Big things happened for uh, a couple of us this week, but uh, for me, if uh, you guys haven't been paying attention, uh, I did have my uh, baby boy born 
this last week. Uh, and we're going to tell you guys the, the crazy story of what happened in order to... First even, off, tell the people what the baby's name is. His name is Dio Patton Spych. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So Dio, Dio was born. Um, and so... And I'll tell you guys the whole story because this interview, this episode, all this was pretty much up in the air, obviously, because this happened, but we are here telling it. So it's just great to be here, honestly, and right. everything like that. So the story starts pretty much like this. I've mentioned on the show uh, past episodes way back. I believe it was when um, Chris Cornell passed away a long time ago because Chris Cornell passed away. It was, it was on my father's birthday on May 18th. And um, we did the episode, if I remember, it was with Local H, one of my favorite bands. And uh, anyway, so the point is, my father, um, he did take his own life, and he took his life on July 19th of 2003. So that was always a day that we would plan, me and my mom, go over there, put some flowers on the grave, do all that. So this July 19th, um, while this was occurring, my mom was with uh, my other son, Briscoe County, and they were putting the flowers on the grave. I got the text from my wife that she is going into labor. So stop all that, go straight to the hospital. And Dio is born on the same day as my father's passing, which was July 19th, 19, you know, 16 years later. How do you look at it? Do you look at that like it's it's like there's like a balance almost? I I tell you right now, the, I always look at things like the older you get, you kind of shake things off. Like, all right, I, I believed in Santa Claus till I was nine or 10. I don't know how old, but you shake it off. And then you're, you know, you have religion and God and all those things. And you, you believe in that shake for it a off. long time. No, no, no. Your mind, your mind eventually starts to change things. So you have all those things in your mind. And then eventually you kind of, the older you get, you, you might not have the same belief system. So right. you kind of, but the morals you try to stay intact. And then certain things occur, right? Where you're like, hmm, this like coincidence is one thing. This yeah. was really, really interesting. My dad had blue eyes, you know, and nobody in our family has blue eyes, dude. We're from Montenegro, you know, yeah. and we all have brown eyes and all that stuff. But my yeah. dad had the blue eyes. Dio, he has blue eyes, you know, so it's, it's, there's a lot of things, especially with my mom. That's quite amazing with that. So. The scary part is that after Dio was born, but to answer your question, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, dude, I'm in a spiritual plane right now where I'm like, you know, just do good things. Oh, yeah. Just do good things. Yes. And just just trust that. Just um, walk up to kids and give them candy, you know? No, well, don't do that. No, no, don't. Not, I don't know if that's a good thing because candy's bad for kids. Yeah, and and point also, is, we shouldn't tell strangers that <laughs> listen to our podcast to walk up to children. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you with the head tattoo. Give that kid some Skittles. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it was a, it was definitely a, a crazy thing. And, and I was in my mind, I'm like, I, I didn't want that to happen. I'm like, I don't want him to be born on this day. Cause his due date was the 22nd. So mm. this was about three days early. And so, um, and my mom was the same way. She's like, well, cause it was Friday. The, it was the same thing. Friday when my dad passed away was Friday, July 19th, 2003. And when Dio was born is Friday, July 19th, you know, 2019. So anyways, um, he's born and everything sound, everything's fantastic, but then all of a sudden there is an issue. Um, and so they take him over to the NICU, which is, I guess, um, ICU for children. Yeah, the neonatal ICU. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Um, so funny. I don't, I don't know the name. I sat in this chair all week as, as this yeah. was occurring, you know. And um, well, I'm sure your head was other places. Yeah. It's like, you know, when you got something like that going on, you're seeing signs, but you're not reading yeah, them. Yeah, you're not like, you know? what's the abbreviation stand for? Right. So he's he's full-term baby. Everything looked fine, you know, all that. So they take him over there. A cardiologist is looking at his heart, and they're saying, like, look, he needs to have heart surgery. He has something known as severe stenosis. 
And now keep in mind, this is all happening very fast. So I'm, you're, you're at a point where you, you can't question anything because the baby's here. The little, he's seven pounds, seven pound, one, seven pounds, 12 ounces. Yeah. He's a little guy, but, um, and they're saying we have to, you know, do heart surgery on him. So you're like, okay, uh, you know, you can't ask questions. You just kind of go with it. And then the guys are like, we're at a hospital out here called St. Rose. They're like, we can't perform it here. We need to transfer him to the only place that can perform this, which is on the middle of town. It's a place called Sunrise Hospital. And they're like, okay, so we have to transfer your baby now to that hospital. So a team comes over, puts the baby in this, you know, pretty much protective bubble. It takes them like three or four hours to get the oxygen rolling and they transfer him over. Now, keep in mind, my, my lady just gave birth. Now she's a tough lady and she's like, I need to get discharged now. I have to be at this hospital with our kid because they're not letting her go. So we get her discharged by 10 PM. They send Dio over to the other hospital at about nine 30. And then I take my lady and, um, I take her home and I'm like, you need to just sleep yeah. for three or four hours. And I'm going to go sit bedside through the night, which was, again, you don't want to have to make her do that, but she was up all day. She just gave birth. So I drop just, her off. <laughs> yeah. She just, it's the right thing to do. The right thing yeah. to do. She obviously, I didn't think she could sleep, but I roll over to the NICU at sunrise and then to see all the, the IV, the, I mean, there's like eight, there's eight different syringes in the dude. He's got a, he's got the unicorn syringe. He's got one in his head, you know, Mm. he's got him in his arms. He's got the oxygen mask on dude. He's been on the earth for six hours, you know? So you sit there and you just kind of stay out of the nurse's way and you're like, Oh, I gotta just, mm." and we know surgery when I originally they said it would happen that night and then they're like, yeah, we'll do it in the morning. So it didn't happen that night. So the point was, is that you sit there and you're like, what do you even do with this time? You know, I had a book, American pastoral by uh, Philip Roth and I was trying to read it. Not a chance, dude. So you just go to like anything that's funny and you can't laugh, but you just, the mindlessness works, you know? So I was just rolling through like, Wet Hot American Summer on Netflix and Arrested Development. I just remember in my mind, I'm like, that was clever. <laughs> yeah, oh, was yeah, okay. yeah. Well done there. Yeah. Yeah, that Christopher Maloney, he's, he's good in this character. Like, no actual right. yeah. joy. You were appreciating the art form, but you were just, but you weren't. Well, and I'm it sure wasn't you were, um, the, like, emotionally yeah. and physically exhausted by that point. Like, labor is a taxing thing for both both parties. There's, yeah, there's no, uh, yeah, no sleep, obviously. I was up at 4 a.m., uh, edited that I, I woke up early to edit the Hank Von Hell yeah. last week's show, you know, and so to get that all ready to, to drop that in the box. And so I'm just staying up, dude. Next day, doctor comes, you know, he does his little thing. They do the little wand on his chest again. And they explain to me that uh, it's like they have to put a wire through his artery in his leg to go all the way through to his heart. And then there's a balloon at the end and they have to open up his valves. Mm-hmm. And then because they're backflowing, they're not flowing correctly or something like that. And so you're like, okay, I mean, again, hopeless. You're just like, okay, you know, there's nothing you can say yeah. or do. So you just got to kind of roll with it. And there's a, a place at that hospital across from the NICU at sunrise that I thought was really amazing. And, and I, I know you guys have gone to McDonald's and you see those little things that say Ronald McDonald house. 
I never really knew exactly what that was. Well, what it is is across from the NICU, there's a room where they feed you. They let you, you know, take a, take a nap. There's rooms for you to take a nap. They give you a key for the night because they did for me to stay and sleep and all that stuff. And they, they virtually, there's just food there for you to hang out. There's a TV if you want to get away from that area. And so that Ronald McDonald house was just across the way. So that was vital to just my sanity. Yeah. But, um, so anyways, the, the surgery, they, they, again, they prolong it. Well, we'll do it at this time. We'll do it at this time. And all the babies like around me are all like premature babies. And you know, Dio's the only like full term yeah, guy. Yeah. He's right? a chunky boy. So, um, I, I stay away from all these other situations and all the nurses running to these babies to kind of wake them up. But I just sit there like trying to focus, but I'm not leaving. And that's another thing is I don't even know if I'm supposed to sit there as long as I did. Nobody said anything to me, but I know the nurses were not super comfortable with you just hanging out in a room where mm-hmm. are all these babies are sick. But me and my lady, we did shifts. We're like, no, we're going to sit next to them because we don't know what's going to happen. You know? Yeah. So anyways, it's time for the surgery to go on. And um, I book the Ronald McDonald room for a nap. And that's when I go over to do my interview with Mike D in the Ronald McDonald room. Right. He has no idea. I'm not going to say nothing to him. But the conversation took me away from what was happening. You know, and that was really, really just a nice reprieve. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Obviously, a huge fan of Killswitch Engage. We all (laughs) are. A band that was very important to us. uh, And, um, you know, just to to chat with them, like I my mind was not there. I wrote out these questions that were like. And, and again, I try not to use questions all the time. I try to have the conversation go where it goes, but you have to have backup, you know, just in case, yeah. just in case uh, I've run into, you know, you guys have listened to the show. I've run into people that give me one word answers and you're like, all right, this is going to be rough. <laughs> you know, I, better, <laughs> yeah. I better ask some questions, yeah. you know, and, and uh, for the most part, by question five of one word answer, I got them flowing. Cool. Let's talk about basketball, you know, yeah. whatever we could talk about. Um, but anyway, so with Mike D, it was just like. I came in, I was like flustered, uh, you know, my my voice is all breaking and stuff. Dude was just super cool. You guys will hear the interview in a moment. So I, I get out, great news, surgery went great, everything was fine, no issues. And I, it, before surgery, just to go back, I didn't touch the kid once. I never touched Dio yeah. for the first, you know, day. I just stayed away from him. And before he went to surgery, I grabbed his little hand. Oh, and he grabbed onto your pinky. Yeah. So yeah. it was really cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. But everything worked out great, man. Yeah. Everything worked out great. <sighs> so I got to touch him for that one time before surgery. But anyways, he came back. They don't have him in like a, a clean bubble where you can't, no, you no, can't physically reach him. No, they didn't. I just didn't touch him. I didn't know. Oh, you 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 were afraid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I washed my hands, but so. <sighs> I mean, you wash your hands before you touch a healthy baby. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, anyways, interview done. Comes back. Everything's great. Three days later, <sighs> we're just watching him taking off each IV at a time. The last one is the unicorn on his head for the IV, and uh, Brandon's fortieth birthday habits. <laughs> Forty. <laughs> so uh brandon's 40 brandon's 40 his 40th birthday just occurred brandon's yep 40. 40 years old and uh that was the day they were like dude he's good you know yay birthday. yay happy birthday thanks <laughs> and that was uh that was kind of the uh 
the moment we're like, all right, he's going to go home. And then they delayed it. They made us do like, I don't want to say they delayed it. Everybody was fantastic and real, real cool. We weren't supposed to sleep there, but they gave us pillows. We weren't supposed to be there. So it was really cool. And so, uh, shout out Sunrise Hospital. Yeah, they did great, man. I got to tell you, there's some, again, we had to do all these weird things like a, a car seat test, which he sat in a car seat for like two hours. So we can take him home. There's a lot of weird little things that, that finally got him to check out. But uh, so, yeah, we, uh, we take him home on the 24th, dude. Um, yeah, he's been there since. You know, no problems. Everything's been good. He's been breastfeeding. We went and saw the doctor yesterday. She's like, everything's good. So we just got to see the cardiologist. But, man, what a – I can't believe that's five days of my life. I slept It probably like, felt like a year. Man, it felt like forever. Yeah. The Hank Von Hell episode felt like – I don't remember how – like, like seriously, like two years ago. And yeah. it's like you're such a – I'm such a different person than that, that episode to this person. Well, we were I'm actually – Totally different. Well, especially I'm sure is, having having Dio and having all this happen probably changed you in the moment too. Well, we recorded the Hank Von Hell episode right that before. Day. We, he yeah. came to my work and we recorded it in a home holding microphones. I locked me and, I locked Brandon in the master bathroom of a house. I'm like, let's just do this real <laughs> yeah. quick. Wow. Okay, if we could take one thing out of context. Yeah, take it out of context. <laughs> He's like, you're not going anywhere. What do you mean, friend? Virtually like hours before, exactly. Before before Sarah went into labor? Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. It was like, we're, the whole plan was like, Sarah's going to go into, so I'm like, hey, Brandon, come here at lunch. Let's do this at my other job. And, you know, shout out to my, my main gig. I mean, I'm, I'm on paternity leave. 30 days paid. That's you know? awesome. I'm, I'm with the kid. I'm hanging out and uh, the place treats me amazing. And I, I've been there forever, but I mean, they just, like I said, when you, when you work in a, an environment, that's a corporate environment and they do take care of your family and they always take care of it, it's, it's, it's worth noting, you yes. know? And so 30 days paid, I'm, I'm, you know, with the worm and I'm getting, uh, to, to sh- you know, rock them to sleep every night, sing, uh, sing the inflame song, same song I sang to Briscoe, uh, here until forever, you know? Great chorus. I sing it to him, and they go to sleep. Got a video of Briscoe when he met Dio uh, singing "All the Fools Sail Away." Aww. I have a video. He's like, "All cry. the Fools Sail Away," and I'm like, "Way to go, man!" He knew who Dio was There's just from me, me playing those songs. So it was a magical week, man. I'm a different human being from the second I talked, um, from the second that the, we did our episode last till today. Just a, a real peaceful and, and happy person, and um, everything worked out. But it was chaotic, guys, and I—I uh, I never want to let you guys down. You like, don't. I probably, I probably could have taken this week off, but I'm like, you know what, man? I just, you guys out there you, that listen, you mean the world to me, man. So I don't want to let you guys down. And there's a billion podcasts out there you can listen to, but if you choose us, man, you, you really do. Your family, you mattered us, so we uh, we don't want to miss out on that. So the greatest thing is when. When Briscoe finally met Dio, my other son, Briscoe County, um, Briscoe, he's been a a wordsmith. Brandon's been teaching Briscoe how to rap. Well, for here's years. the thing: it's not the fact. Actually, Briscoe's taught me how to rap. Okay, uh, we can go with that. Yeah, rap. let's let's how let's, is, let's recognize. And how real. old is Briscoe? Briscoe is three and a half years old. So yeah. we're uh, talking three years, eight months. Almost. We're, we're talking maybe like four or five months into Briscoe's existence. He was already grabbing the mic and spitting game. Yeah, bars, definitely bars. He was spitting lots of bars. Yeah, and. The thing is, is Briscoe, he's he's a sweet boy, but he's got a he's got a rebellious side. Like he, I know he loves his dad, but he 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 lets he he's struggling for that that you know how like when male lions like when they grow up, all of a sudden they have to challenge for the head of the household. It's, yeah. he's, he's sticking his chest out at three years old, yeah. you know, and 
Now with Dio, now he's got a partner, and I'm not when, a, I'm not exactly a pushover dad, but I'm very laid back. Well, just to give you an example, Briscoe kind of gets annoyed with me when he wants a toy. He'll be like, "Well, here's just to give you an example. This is like some of Briscoe's rapping. Um, you know, he's just he just wants to sh- you know spread joy. He's a gangster. He's he, a prodigy. That's the thing. He's Man, one time my broke-ass, stupid-ass, gay-ass, dumb-ass daddy told me that money can't buy you happiness. I mean... What kind of buster-ass trick shit is that? He's an Man, artist. Shut up and listen. We got County on the scene with the diaper full of green laughing at the poor from the back of my limousine. Your bitch is getting wet just thinking about oh, my cheddar. Jesus Christ. There's nothing fucking better balling like a one percenter. Me. Diamond pacifier. You. Meth lab that's on fire. Me. Snakeskin bounce house. You. Rochefield brown couch. You okay, so you get the idea. Yeah, yeah. He, he's going to time out for saying gay ass. We yeah, don't, we yeah. don't we use don't that. Do that. We, we don't, don't use do that. that terminology, Briscoe. <laughs> but on the streets. Whenever you wrote that rap, that's unacceptable. Well, on the streets days. of the McDonald's playground, it's Yeah, it runs time's rampant. up, three-year-olds. Time to be PC. Yes. Yeah. Well, anyway. Very upset uh, with him on that. Briscoe was happy. Uh, Briscoe and I, we went to the lab. Right, right. He, we went. He, he hit me up. He's like, uh, he called me up and he goes, uh, "Hey, bitch," and I'm like, "Hey, Briscoe," and he goes, "Um, we got to get back to the lab, you stupid hoe." And I go, "Okay," and I, we sat down and uh, I just watched this guy work and. It's amazing. There's a there's a there's a there's a a surprise. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited. I think you can already see who the surprise is. Coming into the song, but this is uh, this is the new uh, this is the new Briscoe rap. July 2019, the road just got a lot more dangerous thanks to my mom and that bitch who puts his wiener in her. Oh, you think that's inappropriate? <laughs> just wait. <laughs> I know, I know, it's been a little bit. Briscoe County has been busy stretching out your bitch with that nine-inch baby dicky that your mom's told you about. The same dick was on her lips before she kissed your mouth. They say I am a little nuts, but don't call me planters. You better hold the door for me. Get some fucking manners. I can always scoop your girl, but county has standards. The bitch has got a hairy lip just like Ned Flanders. I'm not the only spike to steal and smoke your weed. There's another up-and-comer, and he's cute to boot indeed. It's not my punk-ass dad who cries himself to sleep. It's my baby brother Dio, hard as fuck, guaranteed. Dio and Briscoe. Go ahead and hide your hoes from the biggest baddest bros that's the way the story goes Dio and Briscoe all they do is run amok about to rob this armored truck don't know how to give a fuck Dio and Briscoe go ahead and hide your hoes from the biggest baddest bros that's the way the story goes Dio and Briscoe all they do is run amok about to rob this armored truck don't know how to give a fuck what's up little bro yo Briscoe what's cracking this bitch is talking shit so let's commence the smacking hello my name is Dio Patton so nice to meet you now give me other jewels and money or I'll fucking beat you you with what well we have some Many options, a handful of quarters at the bottom of a stocking, a wheelchair that belongs to Stephen fucking Hawking, but saw you with a stroller with your family fucking watching, only seven days old with six pack abs, I hardly know a word and I got the gift of gab, it's like I am a specimen created in a lab, go ahead run your mouth, and we'll wipe you from the map, Dio and Briscoe, yeah. go ahead and hide your hoes from the biggest baddest bros, go. that's the way the story goes, Dio and Briscoe, I just feel, I knew his run amok, about to rock I just want to get truck. a, don't know how to give a fuck, Dio nice. and Briscoe, Go ahead and hide your hoes from the biggest, baddest bros. That's the way the story goes. Now, that was catchy. It was catchy. That chorus is in my head. Yep. 
Yep. I, I hope they never hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait till they're teenagers. I cannot wait. I can't wait. You think that's cool, Dad? <laughs> you, think you think that's, that's funny? Cool? You think that's funny? They're going to be like way more mature than oh, we ever dear. were. They're going to be like, this is really immature. Well, <laughs> how dare is- you have me say gay ass, Dad? <laughs> yeah, Dad, seriously? Like, I What's wrong with that? you and Uncle Brandon, Dad? <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> Uncle Brandon wrote that? What's wrong with him? I was a baby. I was a baby. <laughs> I'm fucking dying at Virtually, Dio's voice. Oh, wait, yeah, the voice got me. The voice got me. He's got a deep I voice. I started crying. <laughs> He's got a deep voice, man. Oh, God, dude. Oh, very catchy. When I was oh, putting was it together, great. I was like, oh, Brandon. That was great. Oh, oh my God. you clever son of a bitch. Uh, well, really good. Brandon's 40 now. Brandon's, Brandon's 40. 40. 40. And I'm rhyming. He's, he's, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't give you a proper enough happy birthday. I didn't realize it was your 40th. I was just like, happy birthday, no, dummy. Dude. I, I'm at that point to where it's, it I'll be honest, this, yeah. is, this is what happened. Like, all the way up until I was, you know, up until my birthday, it was like, uh, I was I was with Pete. I was worried about yeah. I was worried about Dio and stuff. So it's like I you know. So even on my birthday, it just did nothing. Didn't do anything. Don't really want to do anything. Thing is, though, is my family came and surprised me yesterday. So it was like they came in from that's Ohio. Awesome. So it was like they just, they just surprised me. So I, I like, have oh, noticed that awesome. as I got older, my husband's like, "What do you want to do for your birthday?" And I'm like, "Nothing." Yeah, mm, I want to hang out with my best friend and watch movies and eat brownies. Yep, done. That's, that's what I want to yep, do. That's what yep. I want to do. Yep. <laughs> done. And that, matter of fact, my best friend is. Yeah, we mean our. We mean our significant We can call my husband my lady. He doesn't mind. He's your bitch. He is not your lady. He's he's your bogus hoe. If he is a lady, he's got a pretty big dick uh, well, for a woman waka waka and a man all right and well, <laughs> thank you thank you for that on i just like to brag i just want to brag i just want, i haven't got to brag in a while and i want to i want to humble brag on that segue which uh, i mean i don't know which is better steve's steve's dick crying. or the rap but right. uh I'm let's jump into the rap the rap is the rap was the rap has made voice. way more people happy than steve's voice oh my god oh with that, guys, let's jump into my interview, guys, with Mike D from Kill Switch Engage. Everybody, what's going on? It's Petter with the Metal Sucks Podcast on the phone. I got Mike D from Kill Switch Engage. We are here to talk about the new record, Atonement, which is coming out August 16th. Now, Mike, dude, the new album, Atonement, had a it had quite a journey to get completed. The bulk of the material was recorded separately. What was that experience like for you laying the bass tracks for this album? See, it's really funny that it, thank you for having me on the interview uh, uh, podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, but in order to save time, I thought for sure I could just record in the dressing room uh, while we were on the Kill Thrax 2 tour. So um, I was like, oh, I'll take one for the team and I'll just do something I've never tried before and just record every day maybe it'll be less boring on the road um but i didn't actually have to do that because it took so freaking long to get this record done uh and i really feel like it just had to do with us just writing too much material and handing it over to jesse and him just being kind of uh bewildered at where to start um but the good part about recording that many songs was that we had we could really choose, you know, pick and choose exactly what we wanted to put on the record and really make this record mean something for Metal Blade. Yes. We really wanted to prove to those guys that we were worthy and we and we love the label and um, you know, fresh start. So we're we're just excited that it's finally coming out. 
Exactly. And that's a question I had. This is your first record with Metal Blade. Um, and there is a sense of excitement when you have a new signing and a new label, right, at this stage of your career? 100%. Um, I mean, this is only our second one ever, really. I mean, uh, we went straight from Ferret to Roadrunner, and we did one of the impossible things. We finished out our contracts, which no bands ever do. <laughs> Uh, we were actually pretty excited that we could make it, you know, to the very end. It was pretty a pretty cool accomplishment. So yeah, starting completely fresh. Uh, we've hung with the Metal Blade guys a lot. We really like the way they do business. We really like them as people, and they're already showing us that they that we mean something to them. Um, just in a lot of advertising for the new record and getting the you know the songs out there. Uh, the promotion has been top notch, and it just feels good. Yeah, it feels really good to be where we're at right now. Yeah, dude, and, and please forgive me if I got this wrong, but didn't uh, Serpentine Dominion came out on Metal Blade, and didn't the Overcast uh, Rebirth uh, record come out also on Metal Blade, or was that a different label? Yep, yep, both of them did, yeah. Yes. And then way, way, way back, I don't know, Metal Massacre 12 or something, <laughs> uh, my band Overcast was on that one too, like way, way, way back. Nice. But uh yeah. We've just we've been in touch with those guys a lot, and um, they come out to our shows no matter if we were on the label or not. They just they were fans from way back, so it just feels like a, a nice little marriage. I'm excited, man. Um, definitely one of my definitely, if not my favorite label. It's been my favorite label since I was a kid. It's just uh, there's just an aura to every record they put out that you know it's it had to pass a lot of tests to get through. That's the way I see it. I, I can't. Really yeah, their history is great, and the one thing that I actually did. Um, I, I asked permission straight from Brian is I wanted to use their old logo on our record and I got permission to do that. He was pretty into it. So, uh, it's got that sort of nostalgia feel to it. Nice dude. Nice. Now I think a lot of fans do know, but, um, a question that a lot of guys get asked these days are what's your favorite records and to rate them in order. Now I'm not going to ask you that question, but because you've done the artwork for every single album, I want you to rate the artwork for every kill switch engage record. There's no way I'm going to remember all the names of these records, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> we can go by numbers. There's um, one and eight, and I'll fill it in because I got the stack of CDs <laughs> right next to me. I think, oh god, now I got to remember things. <laughs> Man, um, hmm. I mean, I, I, I'm really proud of the new one. Um, it was a collaboration with Richie Beckett, uh, a guy I've wanted to work with forever, and um, it just so happened that he had a free slot a uh, couple months to be able to draw some stuff for us and oh man it is the most intricate crazy thing that we could have ever asked for and because it's a new start a fresh start on metal blade uh, we wanted a fresh looking cover something completely different than we've ever done before and, and uh you know start com- you know brand new here's a brand new thing coming out you know nothing nothing looks or acts the same so we're pretty stoked on that but as far as i guess because it's new and it's coming out, maybe that's number that's number two. I think number one, I really like Disarm and Descent. I did a collaboration with uh, a photographer, Jeremy Saffer, <clears throat> for that record, and I had a particular vision in mind for the cover and how the wind is kind of, you know, the chicks with the, the veil over her face and how that the veil was supposed to flow. And I thought that that came out better than I had ever hoped, uh, better than it looked in my head anyway. So maybe that would be number one. I think um, the revision of Alive or Just Breathing that I did for the vinyl version, I think, came out 100 times better than what I did way back in 2002. But I think anything you do now 
is going to look better than it did in 2002. Um, but I, I thought the revision came out pretty spectacular and more on point than the original. And I thought the revision of our first ferret record came out pretty cool. It's a different color. Um, that will be coming out on vinyl fairly soon through Metal Blade. They had bought the rights to that years ago, and I thought it was going to come out years ago. But they wanted to do this record first and then uh, put that one out. So that might even have a little bit of a different slight tinge to the color tweak uh, on that, that version. And I probably would like that one best. Um, uh, and the heartache came out cool just for how fun it was to make the cover and realize just in something that was rolling around in my head for about a year and a half, something I really, whether it was going to be the cover of a kill switch record or just something I made uh, design wise, I needed to get that out of my brain. And that was uh, plugging it up. So that one came out pretty good. I think, it was like number five or so on Roadrunner's top 50 cool covers. So that was pretty neat, heartwarming. It's kind of weird looking. Um, I don't know. I'm going to jump to my least favorite. Go for it. <laughs> Go cool? for it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I really did not like how As Daylight Dies came out. Mm. Um, that was a rough one. I just had no ideas for cover. Um, and then in doing the rest of the layout in design work, uh, there were some cool little tweaks to the cover that I made that I thought should have been the cover instead. Um, but it just didn't work out that way. So I'm, I'm not really into that one. Gotcha. Uh, although I do, I do think that, uh, our second self-titled record, although not my least favorite record by the band, I thought the design was pretty neat on that, but that was another record where I had no clue or direction on which to go. Um, so I just kind of threw a million things at the wall. It's crazy because my favorite cover of yours is Incarnate. Like, I love the, when I open it up. Oh, cool. Yeah, and um, uh, art all around it, very comic book feel to it. I, I don't know, I really like it. Well, let cover. me tell you about that. That was really fun to do. That was another collaboration with a guy named Indra from Indonesia. And and he is just, he, I would ask for something, and three days later, it would be completely finished product in my hand, ready to go. He was just the fastest uh, illustrator I've ever had to deal with in my entire life and really going for it. So anything in that record, you know, that wasn't photography uh, was him drawing it and me just laying it down and, and trying to assemble it. But uh, that was, that was really fun one to do. And uh, the in incarnate name came from watching uh, Monday Night Raw one night. Oh, <laughs> Brock Lesnar, the oh, Beast Incarnate. Oh, that's what it was. Wow, that's cool. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, one thing I knew that you're always into. We talked about your other band, Overcast, back in the day. Your hardcore influences have always been kind of in the forefront. And I know you've mentioned that the New York hardcore bands like Agnostic Front and who you're currently touring with, Cro-Mags, were huge influences with you. Now, I know you're touring with the uh, Cro-Mags JM, and there's a, another version of the Cro-Mags out there. As a fan, does it bother you to have two versions of a band that you grew up loving? You're going to get me in trouble. Um, we are, yes, touring with the John Joseph Mackey version of Cro-Mags. Uh, the Cro-Mags were a huge, huge influence on every single music piece that I've ever done. Um, I love the band. I listen to them almost daily still since from when I was a kid. Um, it is a dream come true to be touring with those guys. 
And I, I said it the other day. I actually pinched myself and said, I can't believe that the Chromags are with us. This is so amazing. It's just the coolest thing ever. Um, the other version of Chromags with Harley. Um, I love the Harley records. They are, um, as much as the John Joseph stuff influenced me, I feel like the Harley stuff influenced me more because it was just the envelope, the metal envelope from hardcore to metal was pushed tremendously. And, uh, it just, I don't know, it raised the bar from in my head for what I needed to write or, or how I could write, um, new and more crushing songs. So I'm stoked that Harley is doing it again. Um, I would love to see there's a 30th anniversary of best wishes. My favorite record of all time going on right now. I think that would be pretty sick to see. Um, but I, I guess I've seen, obviously at this point, I've seen the John Joseph stuff more. So I think I would go with the Harley stuff possibly. I would love to go see that. I like, I'm maybe it influenced me a little bit more, but it's, it's kind of like, you know, naming your favorite child. And I, I do apologize if that gets you in trouble at all. <laughs> I know John Joseph is, is cool and he gets it. Fans of fans. So you got you got All gotta, those dudes are awesome. Yeah. I just, it, it's so rad that Rocky George is back with Yo. Harley. It is the coolest because I saw that incarnation uh, when they had Paris playing with him. And let me tell you, that was a great concert. Last time I saw Rocky George, it was with Fishbone, and I didn't know he was in the band. This was, God, it had to be about 10 years ago now. It was a while ago. Because, you know, Suicidal, he was such a, a big influence go, growing up, just watching him play. But Huge. Like, what is the Suicidal Tendencies classic lineup, I wonder? Like, to me, it is the Rocky George mm. era, yeah. Because they've had so many good ones. Now they got Lombardo. It's so hard to mess with that, you know? I feel like the Clark brothers kind of need to be in that mix. Yeah, yeah, you're right. No, you're right. The, it is pretty neat with Lombardo, though. You never would have thought that Lombardo would go to a punk band mm-mm. after Slayer. No, I got to see him. Um, I think Ben's in the band now from Dillinger, too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but I haven't me. seen that. But, uh, yeah, I, I got to see him with Lombardo. And, I mean, I, I saw Lombardo with Dead Cross, and then it was like two weeks later he played with Suicidal, and he just... Hey, I saw him with the Misfits. That dude's getting around too. Yeah, he's been, he's he's in like four bands right now. So, but uh, oh yeah, all four humongous bands. <laughs> and, uh, it worked out that way. I did want to bring up that Jesse did have to go under undergo some uh, surgery during the recording process. It was some polyps developed in their scar tissue. So, how much fear did that put you guys as a band during the recording process while this happened? It was a drag, and we felt really bad for him. I don't know that fear would be a great word. Um, maybe. I mean, I, I know he had a lot of fear, and he was super nervous about everything, but um, Jesse has a way of bouncing back to everything that happens with him, and we kind of have faith in that. So we kind of knew it was just a matter of time when we when we had to figure out uh, when he could get back in there and do it again. So it was just, uh, you know, wait and see, but... I don't think we were super nervous about it. He that that kid's so resilient. Being around someone with that kind of mental strength and um, you know just just having the presence around you, how does that influence you day to day? Well, I had a divorce recently, mm. and my number one go to was Mr. Jesse mm. Leach. Um, he helped me along with all so many positive messages and just uh, keeping me coherent, <laughs> really. Um, and I couldn't have thought of a better therapist than that guy. So that's good, man. That's what he needs to me for sure. 
when I went through a divorce, it was like years ago, and uh, Times of Grace, the record came out. And that was all I listened to just to stay focused. So it's funny when you said, because his voice was just like, I was like, just get to put on that song willing, put on whatever, just have Jesse's voice come through, you know? Um, because at the time, you know, he didn't reunite with you guys yet. So I had a seamless record, but I didn't have a lot. But that Times of Grace record helped me through because the only way I can describe it, it's like a death in the family. You're just a different person, you know? And uh, Absolutely. And you turn to, for me at least, I always turn to records because I want to be left alone. And to actually have right. a, a human being to talk to. But, I mean, that record was vital for me to, while finding my identity again, not make stupid mistakes, if that makes sense. You know? like um, Absolutely. Well, that's great that, you, that uh, he gave that to you because he absolutely did that to me without even having to sing to me. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. I do. It came with a DVD. I'd watch it. It was just like some videograph, and I would just sit in the background and... And do anything creative with it around, but yeah, it was super important. It's like, don't call that person. Don't do, you know? Like, <laughs> put on this record. It was it was crazy, but it's a very strong, positive record, you know. And at the time, right, it just it, it was the one that sucked me in, and it was like I needed something. And uh, it's how life works, though, man. It finds you sometimes to get you on on. on sure, the sure, yeah. So, Speaking um, of Jesse Leach um, lyrics, uh, so we just released "I'm Broken Too." Mm-hmm. And holy crap, I feel like that song could have been written about me, and I hope that other people feel the same way, that they can, you know, figure out how it works in their life. Those, like, he helped me, he, this guy has helped me throughout my entire life, and then he writes a, a lyrics like that that make me cry for four months straight every time I listen to it. I have to, like, practice it. <laughs> and these mm. lyrics are so sad, and they feel like they're, you know, that they came straight from my life. It's only now that I can listen to that song and not bawl my eyes out. Um, I thought it was very but, cool because you guys actually, um, you, as you mentioned, the latest single is on Broken 2, and, and he did mention that was one of the most important songs he ever wrote. But he, he you guys are donating a portion uh, to the proceeds for Hope for a Day, a nonprofit organization. Do you know anything about yeah, that whole thing or no? The anti-depression organization, yeah. It's, mm. it's a great idea. Uh, really stoked that we could work with a charity that, that actually helps and doesn't just sit on their money or, or their laurels. Uh, I believe we're going to be doing um, a limited edition shirt with those guys. All 100% proceeds will go to the charity. And um, I do feel like people are going to listen to this song and want to talk to somebody. <laughs> it drove me to cry, so we'll see how it goes. And it does use that, that organization uses art and music or different art forms for people that are, you know, suffering with depression or have these suicidal thoughts to help them see the light. And I think that's such a, a positive and great thing because what it does is in a lot of ways, if they're creating something, even if it's for themselves, it doesn't have to be for the world, their focus is on something new, you know? Um, yeah. And I think that's a really great way to do like a suicide prevention type of thing or an organization. So. Hopefully, everybody, if you haven't, make sure you guys pick up the single and look for those shirts, but you're supporting a great cause. And as you mentioned, the song is uh, its in the middle of the record. So it, it, it catches you. you, you it's, it's a we don't heavy, want to depress everybody right off the bat. <laughs> it's a heavy run until, it, until you get there, though, man. I think you, know, I think you stop. The, the track right before is the one with um, Chuck Billy, and then it's like, boom. It hits you right in the middle. You're like, okay. 
actually, the, the to me, the heaviest song is the last song on the record. I think you guys ended it. With, ah, like, beast. that's the one I wrote. Oh, you did? Thank okay, you. you're welcome. I'm yeah. like, dang. It's like, I don't know uh, if there's extra songs in a special edition or version. There may be, but I was like, dude, that's how you end a record. I love ending records heavy. Ah, you know? so I appreciate that. That was one where as soon as those guys heard that my demo of it, they're like, okay, that's the last song on the record. Ooh. You can hear that fading out at the end, super heavy. So I appreciate that. Thank you. No problem, um, man. Yeah, I wrote uh, I wrote four, three got recorded. No, I wrote five, three got recorded, uh, and then two. Uh, one definitely has lyrics on it. One got on the record, and then there's another one kind of floating around without lyrics yet. But they're kind of along the same lines of just thrasheramas. They uh, they definitely my style of music, more hardcore that you know and fast and, and then heavy as shit. So um, I would assume that's going to come out at some point, but I, I really appreciate that you like my song. Oh, nice, dude. And now one thing I did like to bring up with you guys, as we mentioned, you're currently on tour with Clutch. So everybody out there, make sure catch the remaining dates. This will be airing Monday, so it's kind of going to be towards the tail end. But um, And you guys have done successful tours for the Incarnate. Um, you, did, you went with Anthrax a couple times. You guys were with Rise Against. You did shows with Iron Maiden. How important to you is having a potentially different audience or fan base in front of you to play to? It's kind of the only way to branch out and grab more fans is to, you know, tour with various other bands that maybe attract those different crowds that may not come to your show. I feel like, um, you know, 20 years, you, you probably have the metal crowd or most, you know, the metal crowd that knows you. It, it's time to maybe branch out and grab some, maybe some alterno crowd or grab this or grab that, or I don't know. Um, even, even clutch being a Southern rock type band, it, it'd be neat if we could gain some of those fans. Um, and it's just interesting to come to a show that's that diverse. At least I think so. And, um, you know, everyone's getting along really well. Super nice dudes. Um, definitely way different than us. They remind me of like a MC5 or like a mm. throwback 70s kind of rock band. Yes. No, I agree with that. I do. Now, uh, one thing I did want to bring up, as we, you were you an artist. There's an artist side to you, as we discussed when we are talking about the covers. Now, when you were growing up, were you a big comic book fan? Yes, huge. Mm. Loved it. I would go through uh, Marvel Universe and write down all the first appearances of all my favorite characters and go to the comic book shop with a list and just buy the first appearances of everybody. That was my thing. Nice, dude. So what do you think about the cinematic universe translated? Do you think they translated it well in your opinion? Uh, I think they failed on the X-Men front. I'm not, Mm. not down with those pictures so much. The newer reboot, maybe the first, maybe the first one. Uh, They really screwed up the last one. I'll tell you that. Um, the Deadpool stuff's pretty rad. Mm. Um, I loved all the Avengers stuff. I think this Spider-Man is the best Spider-Man they've got. Mm. The comic book that I read, uh, the nerdy kind of fumbly odd kid. Um, and I think his acting is pretty awesome. I loved the new movie. Like remember the, in, back in the day they did, used to do the TV cartoon shows like they did X-Men and they had a Spider-Man one. Did, were you a fan of those, the cartoon versions? I thought they were kind of hokey, but I did watch them because mm. there was nothing, you know, <laughs> you do want to watch Spider-Man when you're a kid, but Spider-Man and his amazing friend wasn't the greatest show <laughs> of all time, I'll tell you that. Um, 
I used to watch like Transformers and uh, when I was a kid, my favorite show was this show called Force Five. It was all, a bunch of uh, Shogun Warrior type episodes, episodic TV. Uh, every day of the week would be a different um, robot guy. That was probably my favorite show of all time. And uh, Star Blazers. I'm more like an old school nostalgia guy. Yeah, dude, totally. Do you think they messed up the Wolverine character in the movies too? I kind of like what they did. Mm. Um, Hugh Jackman's like, he, he kind of nailed it. Mm. it. At first, though, it was funny because the rumor was that Glenn Danzig was going to be the Wolverine for the very first one, which would have been a great pick. Um, you know, <laughs> Wolverine's supposed to be tiny. He's not supposed to be this tall guy. Yeah. And he's supposed to have an accent, and he doesn't, <laughs> which is kind of funny. But um, um, I, I, didn't, I didn't mind it so much. I really thought the Deadpool stuff came off really well, though. Yeah. Because that could have gone either way. It could have just been so hokey that people would just roll their eyes. I'll tell you the two things about the X-Men universe that upset me real bad. Um, first, Jubilee w- was Rogue. I think they switched those two because Rogue was like my favorite mm. character of all time. Um, and then Gambit. They never figured out what to do with that guy or made him really matter. There's a there's a couple guys. They they canceled that uh, movie too, right? I heard they did. Yeah. So it was going yeah. back and forth, but Gambit was such a you know, just a to me a big part of that team, but I don't I don't know, man. Throwing cards and having them blow up is like probably I think the coolest thing ever. Again, I'm in Vegas, so card throwing is like <laughs> it just seems like that would make sense even though he was from New Orleans or something like that. He was in the south, but Yeah. Yeah, the so if you were in in your mind, if they were to reboot the X Men, which they're going to, they they have to. How do you feel um, they should take it? Do you think that they should start turning these um, characters into R rated characters, or do you think that PG thirteen world is where it should belong? I like the idea of this New Mutants being a horror film. I think maybe they should start pushing them into other genres. You got superheroes that are in comedy like um like ant-man or i don't know it would be great to have a a horror type scary movie Mm. that is rated r i think you know i think there's room for pg and r um but i really would like to see them go for it with a a nice r one you know what's really great and i can't believe i'm saying this is um titans on the dc network hmm and I'm not a fan of DC at all. I've been a hardcore Marvel guy my entire life, but it's Teen Titans uh, live action. Yeah, I know I've heard of it, but I haven't watched it. It's really good. It's incredible. It's bloody. It's it should be R-rated. There's swears every five seconds. It's so not that comic, quote unquote, comic booky DC shit that you see these days. It's not. Shazam blowing bubblegum is like Robin kicking ass, and I don't want to blow it for you, but I, no, I, that, <laughs> there's some pretty major, major stuff that happens in the last episode that will blow your fucking mind. I'm going to watch this now. I'm, 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 I'm all in. I did give up on DC, I ain't going to lie. I didn't watch Shazam. I didn't yep. watch Aquaman. I, I, I gave up. I, I gave Justice I League no, a chance because Joss Whedon was behind it. I was like, all right, let's check it out. Right. Waste. No. It wasn't. It didn't. It no, didn't do it for it me. Sucked. Yeah, Joss so. is great too. It's, yeah. it's such so bad. It, they, uh, they couldn't figure it out. But uh, that's always been DC, though. They're just too. They're just not based in real world situations enough. It's just always got that kind of ha 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 kind of tongue in cheek attitude. And Marvel hits the nail on the head with it, just inserting into real life 
day-to-day stuff, I think. But this Titans, holy crap. Oh. There's so many cool parts to it. It was on Netflix for like two or three weeks. And right before I was leaving for tour, I downloaded all the episodes. And then I told my girlfriend to watch it. She's like, it's not even here. What are you talking about? So they took it off of Netflix. And they put it on this um, subscription DC thing now. But you can buy it on iTunes. And that's what I did because I liked it so much that I bought it after I saw the whole thing. Nice, dude. Nice. Now, James Gunn's doing Suicide Squad. You believe in James Gunn, right? Yes. Yep. He's going to get it. I didn't like that movie, though. Oh, the first one was horrible. But he did... I, I, I mean, from Tromeo and Juliet on, that dude has been... Everything he's done, he just gets it. Every single film he's done. Yeah, for sure. So I think that... I think Suicide Squad, it seems like it has potential. That first movie was garbage, to say the least. I, oh, I can't awful. believe that Jared Leto was the worst Joker. I like him as an actor, but man, <laughs> man, I, I thought he would be great at it. I'm like, that's a perfect casting. Let me tell you what looks awful to me is this Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie. I don't know. I don't, I don't believe in that at all, but we'll see how it turns out. I'm on the fence. Yeah, I'm on Are the you? fence about it. I really can't get a, a, I can't get a good opinion on it for some reason. Todd Phillips, the guy that did the Hangover movies, he's the one that's directing it. That's pretty strange. Yeah, that's that's maybe that's why I don't feel it. I don't feel like he gets it. I mean, the, he did Hangover, he did Old School, he did Road Trip, and now he's doing the Joker movie. So mm. it's a different thing, but I'm like, mm, I don't know, man. I, I, we'll see. I'm going to keep my expectations low on that one because I think that Heath Ledger just took it out of the park and they need to just leave the Joker alone for like 20 years. That's what I think. But he's a, Right. Yeah, exactly. There's, you really shouldn't touch that thing. Uh, that's hmm. the, that's the way I see it, man. So real quick, back to the record, man. I've had you on the phone for a little while. I'm going to get you out of here real quick. But I did want to bring up the song that you guys did record with Jesse and Howard Jones, The Signal Fire. Can you tell me how uh, that all came together for you guys? Uh, I remember recording the track with Adam. Uh, like I said, I recorded all the bass tracks on the road, and then there was a couple that uh, I needed to either br- uh, make corrections to or maybe I had missed a couple and uh, we were recording at my house, and that was one of the songs that I went to record that day, and I listened to it, I was like, oh, crap. I guess this is going to be a sing- single, huh? And I hadn't heard it without... without I hadn't heard it with Howard on vocals before that, and uh, I was very surprised and stoked at how good it came out. But um, that was pretty much a Jesse and Adam call. And we're, you know, we, we love Howard. He's a great dude. Mm. Um Sometimes things don't work out, but he's doing really well, and and uh, I, I hope nothing but the best for him. And it was it was really cool. He had the time to do it and to help us out. And uh, now we got now we're gonna have to plan a tour, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's a great track. It's very heavy. Um, like I said, it's one. It's on the it's on the start front of the record. But um, it's really cool to to see that. Like I remember when Anthrax almost toured with. Uh, it was with John Bush and Belladonna, and I got really excited, but it, it kind of fell through. And I remember the only song that they put out was a cover of um, Ball of Confusion, and it was a very awkward yeah. tune. So it's, it's, it's always been yeah. awkward when you have two singers kind of come together that have their own history, right? But this one, no. It's, uh, this is exactly how it should be. And it's great to have, have you guys know that you're friends and everybody's good to have them come on stage and things like that. As you mentioned... Everything he's been doing has been fantastic, and it worked out for, it seems like, everybody in the long run. But the fact that you guys are friends, that's what probably means the most to fans, you know? Absolutely. It's all hugs and high fives. It's, it's, it's nothing but fun whenever we see him. 
it's really, there's no hard feelings whatsoever. It shouldn't be. Life is too short. You know, give me a break. Well, with that, Mike, I got to tell you, I've been a fan for so many years. So excited I finally got to talk to you, man. I want everybody out there, make sure you guys, if you haven't, pick up Atonement. It's coming out August 16th. Catch them on tour. Check for dates. You know they're going to be touring all year off this record for sure. Um, if you have a chance, make sure you get them with Clutch right now in the next week or so. So uh, with that, Mike, thank you so much, man, for calling into the Metal Sucks podcast. Thank you. I really appreciate it. It was a great interview. Besides the Chrome X talk, everything went really smoothly. <laughs> I can totally cut that out. <laughs> Do you want me to cut that out or no? I, I can. It's up to you. No, 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 okay, no I'm worries. joking. I'm uh, completely joking. I figured. Thank I, you so much, though.
the Metal Sucks Podcast.
Seattle Sucks podcast.
And we are back, guys. First song you heard is off the new record, Atonement, which is coming out August 16th. Make sure you guys pre-order it. Fantastic record. That song is the opening track to the record, Unleashed. Second song you heard, guys, is from a, a newer band. The band is called Damn Your Eyes. That song is called Ascension, and their record, Kill the Outside, is out August second so make sure you guys check them out and the last song if you guys have been hearing our ads been digging this record for a while the, the latest from sacred reich their new album awakening is coming out august 23rd that song is called manifest reality and with that guys i want to thank everybody out there who gives us the five star reviews send in those emails we got another music show coming for you guys hopefully by next week uh it's been a blast i do like all the the feedback we've been getting from you guys so um and the five star reviews on itunes that's all we ask for that's it we'll be here every week we'll we'll make sure no matter what happens in our life to get you guys those episodes if you hey, guys thank can, you pete can for for pulling off the weeks i mean you could have taken off seriously taken off some time and, and he didn't the fact that oh, he stuck yeah, around yeah, it, absolutely everybody everybody gave me the green light to leave i mean vince and axel were like dude take as much time as you need everybody was but i just want to take yeah. this moment to let the fans know that yeah i mean god pete really gives a shit about you he, and like he the, really cares about he's you. legitimately like, the best per- like gooch and i talk about when we're brandon and i talk about when we're alone that pete literally is the best person we know like oh that's sweet literally is he the is. best person we know and like it, he he never has it was funny to hear him say that he doesn't want to let you guys down because he's never let a person down in his life right and i'm so happy that things are working out and i'm so happy that and he made these guys <laughs> <laughs> Even though Briscoe thinks you're a bitch, I think you're cool. And oh, he always says he only talks hard on the microphone. When he's not on the microphone, he's the he sweetest boy it. in the yeah. world. Yeah. Well, I thank you guys. That's really cool, man. So, and make sure you guys, also listeners, if you haven't checked out our other podcast, Rise to Offend. Last week we did complete our Henry Rollins documentary. That was a whole four and a half hours. This week we're tackling uh, to catch a predator. To catch a predator, which is uh, more controversial than I thought after we did our research. So make sure if you guys are into documentary podcasts, you do check that out. Rise to offend. Until next week, all my friends out there. The Metal Sucks Podcast is signing off. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.